Okay, so we come to the last portion, the last class on Miketz. We had discussed the beautiful meal where Yosef and his brothers are sitting together. They don't know who Yosef is, but they have all bowed down before him, which was the culmination of the first dream that he had had of them bowing down. Binyamin had made him cry when he heard about the love that he still had for his brother Yosef. They had eaten together, they had all the drink, etc. And it seemed like everything was good. The person in charge of the house said to the brothers, don't worry about the money that was in your sacks. We have it. Uh, you can keep the money. And everything seems good. And it comes early in the morning, and uh, they start to journey back towards the land of Israel. Now, in the meantime, Joseph had given orders that night to the person in charge of his household to fill all the men's uh, sacks with as much grain as could carry. And again, to return to each one their money inside their sacks of grain. And to put his silver goblet, the goblet that he had used the night before to do all of his magic and to tell the you know, the order of the children who slept with, who, who you know, the, who, who the cribs they slept in and all the stuff that we talked about. And um, he put it into the bag of Binyamin. Okay, now comes the morning and they're going and he's, they haven't left the city just a little bit. And Yosef sent his person in charge of his house to go chase after them and to say to them, which means, why have you repaid good with evil? After all, I gave you all food and uh, to eat and to drink, etc. And you took the goblet from which my master drinks and from which he does witchcraft. And now you did evil and you have stolen his goblet. I'll just point out that the Hebrew word over here for doing divination or black magic is nachish. But he does, he does magic with this cup. The word nachesh is from the Hebrew word nachash, which is a snake, the serpent, the sly, evil, cunning snake in the Garden of Eden that convinced Adam and Eve to eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge. This is the word nachesh, the form of pretending to do magic. And what Yosef was saying, like, I uh, outdid magic of all the magicians in Egypt and I became the most powerful through my cup. How dare you take it? So anyway, the person in charge of Yosef's house catches up to the brothers. They're not far from the city. And he says exactly what Yosef said to say to them. And they say, how could you say this to us? It would be a disgrace for your servants to do such a thing, to repay the kindness of your master Yosef with any kind of evil. Don't you remember how the money that we found in our bags, in our sacks, that uh, were somehow put into our things? We returned it to you from the land of Canaan. We even came back with double. So how could you possibly accuse us of having stolen any gold or silver or anything from your master's house, let alone the silver cup? In fact, they're so confident of their innocence that they say to this man, whoever you will find the silver cup with, he will die. And the rest of us will become slaves to your to my master, to my lord, to your master. And so the I, I think it was Menashe, I don't know correctly, but the one in charge of the house says. As you spoke, so shall it be, but not exactly. <laughs> Meaning, you're right, that really, as you spoke, should be that all of you should be guilty for the crime of having one of you stealing from the master's house. But my master said to deal with you leniently. Only the one in whose possession the cup is found will become a slave to Yosef, and the rest of you will go free. So they all quickly lower their bags down to the ground. Each man opens up his, uh, his bag. And they start beginning with the oldest. So the person from Yosef's house knew not to start with Binyamin, because then they'll give it away. He knew what he was looking for. So they start with Reuven and then Shimon and Levi. And he goes through one by one. 
And he starts with the oldest until he comes down to the youngest. He comes to the youngin. And there he finds the cup in the sack of grain of Binyamin. When the brothers see the, sat, the silver cup is in the thing of Binyamin, they tear their garments in, in grief and in mourning. And each one reloads his donkey. They were strong, did it themselves. They reload their donkeys and they go back on to return to the city. They come, Yehuda, and the brothers, it says in the verse, they all came, but the verse 14 says, Yehuda and his brothers came to the house of Yosef, and he was still there, and they followed from on the ground. The Torah mentions Yehuda came specifically or explicitly, because although they all came, Yehuda had the most responsibility for his brother, as we'll discuss in next week's parasha. He was the one that had made a guarantee to his father to return him. And therefore, when they returned, he came in the lead. He was ready to do whatever would have to be fight, whatever would have to be done, whether to fight if need be, in order to save his brother Binyamin. They come, they fall on their faces before Yosef, and Yosef says to them, what have you done? Kinachish, inachish, don't you know that I am a man who does magic? And certainly a person like me would know that you stole the cups. How did you think that you'd be able to get away with stealing the silver goblet from me? So Yehuda says to his master, what can we say to our master? What, what words of justi- justification could we use? You are right. We are all now slaves. Got uh, us and the one that the cup was found, we will all remain slaves to your master. And Yosef says, God forbid that I would be a disgrace for me to do that. The one in whose possession the goblet was found, he will be my slave. And the rest of you, you will all go up to your father in peace. And so here we see clearly that um, Yosef is setting the stage for the rest of the story because the definition of teshuva, as the Rambam explains it, how do you know when someone has truly repented and truly expressed remorse for a sin that they have committed in the past? The way that you know that a person has truly repented is when they are in the exact same situation in which they have committed the sin. So they committed a sin of immodesty, etc., and they were secluded with a woman, the same woman that they had been with last time, they had the same opportunity, and now when they have that same opportunity, they restrain themselves from giving in to the temptations, then you know that they've truly repented from their previous mistake. And so to here, now we have exactly the same scenario as when Yosef had been sold as a slave. The brothers are able to go home in peace. Go back to your father, go back to your families, to your children, you're good to go. And only one, only Binyamin, that favorite kid that your father loves so much, him I'm going to keep. And now will be the moment of truth. Will the brothers not only express remorse for the fact that they had sold Yosef, and we already knew that Yosef had overheard them talking to themselves and expressing remorse for what had happened. Now the question is, will they actually do something in the same situation to protect their brother and not to give in, not to do what was easiest for them as they had done when Yosef was languishing in the pit and they had said, what gain will we have? And they ignored the cries of the brother and they had sold him as a slave to the people, to the, to the merchants of the Yishmaelites and the Midianim, etc. So here the stage is set for what will be next week's Torah reading when Yehuda comes to fight against Yosef to allow it to, he says to Yosef, I'll be a slave and let my brother go free and back home to his father. Since we have time, I'll address one very interesting thing about the behavior of Yehuda. It doesn't make sense. It's a question. Why would Yehuda originally agree that we should all be slaves? If Yehuda's entire objective, why he's fighting so hard to save his brothers, because he promised Yaakov that he would bring Binyamin back to, to the land of Israel. He wouldn't allow him to get lost. 
So how does the help of the all become slaves? True that now Yehuda wouldn't have to see his father's suffering and anguish, as he says, you know, because they're all slaves. So how does that help? How, I mean, if Yehuda is ready, we're going to read next week's Torah reading, Yehuda is ready to fight against Pharaoh and fight against Yosef in order to allow Binyamin to go home free, why would he originally offer that, yes, we'll all be slaves to you? They had already been told by the, by the master of the house outside the city that only the one that has a couple be a slave and the rest will go free. So why does Yehuda come into the palace saying to uh, offering, you know, he's starting off the negotiations by saying to Yosef, he, we have no words of uh, justification. What can we say? God has seen the sin of our servant, of your servant. We will all be slaves to our master, us and the one that the cup was found in his hand. And only after Yosef says, no, God forbid, I wouldn't do that. Only the one that found the cup should be my slave. Then we find that Yehuda goes to fight against Yosef. Why is he offering that they should all be slaves? So the explanation Rechaim explained is that in the beginning, Yehuda thought that they're now all suffering measure for measure. Mida connected Mida, which is that since they had sold their brothers a slave, therefore now they were going to become slaves as punishment for what they had done to their brother. So he accepts that. And that's why he says to, to Yosef, what can we uh, say? God has found the sin of your servants. Meaning this is not about you, Yosef. God is finally punishing us for that which we did to our own brother 22 years earlier when we sold him as a slave and now we're becoming slaves. However, once Yosef says, no, I don't want that. I only want one of you as slaves. The rest can go home. And who's, who's being kept as a slave? The one brother that had not been part of the sale of Yosef now becomes clear to Yehuda that the reason why Binyamin being kept as a slave is not because of a punishment for what happened to Yosef. Binyamin hadn't been part of the sale of Yosef. Asa is not from God anymore. It's just from Yosef. In that case, he just says, I'm ready to fight Yosef. I don't need to accept the punishment. I'm willing to fight in order to redeem my brother. Again, this is what will set us up for the ultimate revelation of Yosef to his brothers in next week's Torah.